Hi, we're back again. A podcast about the overlooked, forgotten, and underground tales of San Francisco. This is Sorted SF. Hi. Um, Hello. Uh, Welcome back. Yes, we're loving it. Good. And so you recently, how long were you in Santa Cruz? Like nine months? Like six months. Six months. You just spent six months in Santa Cruz living there. Mm -hmm. And now you're back in the city. Mm -hmm. How's it feel? It feels great. I know exactly where I need to be. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So do you feel kind of like at peace? Like a peace maybe that you haven't felt before? I'm just like, killer new job, living I guess things are kind of a little off with the living situation just because, like, you're in transition. Yeah, but that's fine. But that's fine. Yeah. Um, everything, yeah. Everything's good, golden. I have a bright future ahead of me. Yeah, you do. And, um, yeah, looking forward to being in the Bay again. Do you feel like anything's changed in the past six months in the city? You were here all the time. Yes. Uh, the, I, I just, like, I can't walk down Mission and, like, Fifth Street yeah anymore i have to be in a car yeah there's no way i'm walking in the streets totally like that yeah sean sean barely takes the bus anymore to work because oh my god it's so scary yeah he's told me his tactics um to not get fucked with especially because like he'll get off work at like 11 or something and take the bus so he will just try to look like a drug addict right so that he doesn't get fucked with right he'll pull his hat down over his head wealthy after 11 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, he stopped wearing his Apple Watch. Like, Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I don't have my earrings on, but I usually, yeah, I take them off sometimes. Yeah, if it's I smart. Well, didn't that guy just get robbed for his, like, Rolex or something? Yes. Well, that was somewhere. I don't know exactly where that was, but I did see that headline where yeah. broad daylight, it was just robbed right after he walked out like, of the jewelry right, right store. Out of, like, wow. I think it was in the Bay Area. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and I saw something on Reddit. Some guy was leaving fucking Jackalope, the bar on Van Ness. <gasps> no Like, way. right next to Tesla. And uh, got mugged for his, like, very expensive watch. Just like, you can't exist. Not only does it cost to be anywhere in the city, you also can't have things on you. Yeah, anything. No fun luxuries. Yeah. Rip. Um, Yeah, and that guy just got murdered. Yeah. That's crazy. The founder founder of of Cash App. Or Cash App, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really wonder what... I wonder if they'll be able to solve it. Like, it I hope seems there's pretty, some surveillance yeah. caught somewhere. I mean, I'm sure there is. Pretty random. Like, obviously, people get stabbed all the time, but like, was this a targeted thing? Right. Like, what? Because obviously, dude is involved in some like circles. TBD. Like, what were you doing out? Right. Not yeah. that like it's bad to be out, but like, what were you doing? Yeah. And what were you wearing? Vic- not what to was he victim wearing? blame either. <laughs> but, you know, I always grew up with the saying, like, if you're out past, like, two, like, you're up to no good, really. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he wasn't, like, leaving a club or anything. And I guess uh, there was a some kind of driver who drove past him, like, because he got uh, stabbed yeah. and then was looking for help. Yeah. And someone, like, saw him look for help, but, like. Drove away. Yeah, just because. Yeah. Uh, I you mean, don't get out of your car. Exactly. I, I would probably react the same. Yeah. And, but I would call. I would have called nine one one and yeah. been like, uh, "This guy looks just like this, and you need like he's stabbed yeah, and wounded." And, yeah, yeah. Like beg for Something, help. Something's and going I on. I'm not helping him. Yeah. I am not the paramedic. Well, it's like you've 
heard of those stories where you'll be on like a abandoned country road or whatever and there's like someone hurt in the middle of the ground and you get out to help them but that's when everyone in the forest comes comes out and swarms you yeah um Mm -hmm. kind of same thing like you you don't know what people are up to especially in like soma and shit right and like i don't know i think if it was like a random drug addicted person of the night I feel like that would be almost easier to find because they're not in the right mind to like cover their tracks. Mm-hmm. Like, and the street will talk. Exactly. Totally. Someone from the street will talk. Totally. And so, in for that reason, I feel like it might have been. I don't know. Maybe there's just some intrigue going on. I'm curious yeah. to see how it we'll see out. how that unfolds. Um, and so, bef- I texted you. I wanted you to read this article. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna just read a little blurb about it. Please. Um, so the SF Chronicle put out an article that there's a new academic bil- village being built in the Tenderloin. And for those who don't know, the UC College of the Law, San Francisco, which is formerly UC Hastings, is currently building a 1,000-unit academic village that the school hopes will not only ease the housing issues students face, but also clean up the streets of the Tenderloin. The first phase is almost complete and move-in dates are set for this summer. UC Law SF will open Academy, a 14-story, 656-unit student housing complex at 198 McAllister. Um, One-third of the apartments, which is roughly 230, will be master-leased by UCSF. The rest will be available to not only UCSF Law, but also students from UC Berkeley, SF State, um, USF and the University of the Pacific School of Dentistry. And I think that's pretty fucking cool. Yes. What yes. are you? I have lots of thoughts. Oh, let's hear it. Let's so, hear it. yeah, it's called Academy, right? Mm-hmm. Academy at 198. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's cool that schools will be able to coexist together. And, and essentially, I'm looking at it as a networking opportunity and to just expand your connections totally while in school um and yeah i mean to transform the tl in that specific area would be great mm-hmm. no more tents no more yeah. people in the street doing whatever they want mm-hmm. while people are literally going to law school right um yeah i i'm excited to see its completion it move in already yeah this, this summer. summer like well, and okay. so I guess this is like five years coming because Hastings and like a handful of other like groups sued the city. Right. Five years I ago. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sued the city five years ago for basically the tents and like mm-hmm. this is illegal to not be able to step out of your house onto public streets mm-hmm. because it's chaotic. Yeah. Because there's tents blocking the way. Yep. And I don't know. It's always, you know, as an urban planner. It's always been, gentrification's always been a really interesting topic. Um, and I think being in San Francisco, you know, we've seen the negatives of gentrification. But if gentrification means cleaner streets and less crime, why, like... Why do we hate it? Why do we hate it? And Is so, it because we're pushing out these people? Right, which or obviously... these people are creating chaos and corruption? Right. And it's just like, it's, it's really hard to how do you argue against safer streets right 
right. or like where families can exist. Right. And like obviously the debate about Cap Street. Totally. Totally. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. Like I, I obviously don't want to displace anyone. I don't want rents going up so that people are pushed out. So this might but, help. So this might help. And students get housing mm-hmm. that they need. Even teachers, I think I read. Professors yeah, so will like get an opportunity. The, the dream, because I think this is just phase one, maybe. Um, the dream is to have housing for SF public school teachers mm-hmm. as well, which would be fucking sick. That'd be so cool to see. Just like you know, if everyone just got paid enough. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> problem solved. But that's not where we're at. It's fine. Um, so I really hope that this influx because i'm i don't know if there's going to be a thousand units that's i mean hopefully i don't know i'd love to see an influx of like quote younger people yes well okay i was just recently over in berkeley by mm-hmm. the college yeah this week and it was literally a breath of fresh air because there were so many just like youthful people out mm-hmm. and like it was buzzing and it just felt like you know the good old days where like right like you have you're in a thriving Right, you don't have to have your eyes down. Yeah, so that was refreshing, and so that's why it'd be great to see SF become alive again like that with students. Because even with the other schools right now, it's not what it used to be. Totally. Well, and, you know, Sean and I are always talking, you know, how does the TL change? How do we fix it? And I think I'm in agreement with him on the idea that like until SROs like there's too many SROs mm-hmm. that cater to just like these I don't know cater to I don't know unsavory characters right 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 that and you we, we like can't, you're putting not, them to there's too many in that one area it's too concentrated and it's too yeah and many of the same mm-hmm. type of and people. so it just is this cesspool of chaos and until the SROs are gone, like that's not going to change. But obviously the SROs are not going anywhere and like legally can't be, which isn't necessarily like the answer to abolish them isn't the answer either. But there needs to be other people in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I hope this academic village idea works because I think it's a super cool idea. Um, well, that kind of brings me to... Kind of, kind of a segue into what I'd like to talk about with you today, which is the deadliest mass shooting in San Francisco. Let's hear it. <laughs> so it took the lives of eight innocent people and injured six others. As a result, there was huge momentum to reform gun laws. I think I freaking know what story this is. I bet but you I'm do. But I'm really excited because... <laughs> If I'm right, I eat around this place all the time, and I I think about it every time I go eat there. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see. Let's see. All right. So in 1982, a man named John Luigi Ferry had worked with the SF firm Pettit & Martin at 101 California Street. Yep. <laughs> which is Californian Market. So like right there, right in it all. Um, They had been good to him and had advised him on land deals in Kentucky and Indiana, and it actually helped him win a million-dollar judgment in his favor. And so that was the last time Ferry had contact with Pettit Martin, the law firm. But fast forward 11 years to July 1st, 1993, and our story continues. It's summertime. My mom is super pregnant. 
my best childhood friend had just been born that day michelle um and you're like nine months old yeah i'm i'm, I'm alive you're a baby i'm alive you're like you're probably at the olympic club <laughs> you're probably there um, so Ferry had been living in Los Angeles and had recently tried to file for bankruptcy there, claiming he had been screwed over in a recent deal in Colorado. Um, but it's on this day, July 1st, that the 55-year-old visiting from L.A. walked back into Pettit and Martin for the first time in 11 years, carrying a um, couple briefcases on a dolly. He shed his jacket, put on a pair of orange ear protectors, and started shooting at random with three semi-automatic pistols. It is a huge unknown as to why he did this, but we have like little hints. Um, a few weeks before the shooting, uh, a barber in LA named Keith Blum asked him, if you were locked in a room with Saddam, Khomeini, and a lawyer, and you had a gun with two bullets in it, who would you shoot? Ferry, who had heard the gag before, replied, the lawyer, twice. So this guy just didn't really jive with lawyers. He triggered. Yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, literally. Uh, he left behind like a manifesto of sorts, but it was mostly intelligible. Um, it was all caps type written letter in which he railed against the FDA, the legal profession in general, with their, quote, allegiance to the monarchy. He included a list of over 30 quote, criminals, rapists, racketeers, and lobbyists, none of who had worked at the law firm. But go, but go off. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's all that was left. He had shot himself after he killed all the people, um, which I think is really interesting that he put on ear protection. Like he's trying to save his ears, but then shot himself. So unhinged uh i have a word but i'm not gonna say it <laughs> just uh needs evaluation yes well yes in kind of a twist of fate that i think was for the best just you know one of those like well i was late to work on 9 11 like that kind of things um the shooting was supposed to take place on a different floor pettit and martin partially occupied floor 33 and all of 34 through 36 wow. and the main reception floor was on 35 and ferry intended the main reception floor as the target mm -hmm. and the elevator stopped on the 34th floor because a secretary needed to go up a couple floors so he was forced to get out on the 34th floor instead oh. and then he worked his way down so huh. instead of starting like in the heart, he started at like the kneecaps. Yeah. And I think for that reason, his impact was lessened. Like if he had just opened fire in the people. lobby, because then we're talking like all the clients in the waiting rooms, like everyone was mm -hmm. on the 35th floor. Crazy. And the other floors were just, you know, like scattered offices. Right. Um, so, yeah, he missed the main floor. In looking at the victims list, though, there are a handful, and I'll tell you about them in a second, but there are a handful who didn't work at this law firm. They were working on lower floors, mm. so he did make his way down to other office floors in different firms. Um, so I don't know oh. how he got that 
You <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's, I, I feel like it's shocking and a blessing that he only managed to kill eight people. Divine intervention. Yeah, oh, for real. Whatever. Like that secretary <laughs> saved so many lives. Mm-hmm. By just like, hmm, I guess I'll go up to my boss now. Let me click this button. Yeah, in the right. <laughs> exactly at the perfect time. Right now. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, but so now I'd like to tell you a little bit about the victims. Um, Alan J. Burke. He was 52. He was a partner at Pettit and Martin. He was super well respected in the legal community here in San Francisco. And then this next one, Jack Berman. He was 36. He was a partner with the firm Bronson, Bronson, and McKinnon, and he was just visiting the offices that day. He was president of the American Jewish Congress, known for his work specializing in employment law and chairing the firm's pro bono committee. He also co-founded TaxAid, an organization that provides free income tax preparation, and the San Francisco Transitional Housing Fund, a program to aid homeless individuals in finding housing. So... Really good guy. Really good person, sounds Um, like. In recognition of his services to the legal profession in the Bay Area, the California Young's, the California Young Lawyers Association gives an annual award in his name. Oh. Yeah. So his legacy lays on, because, lays on, uh, his legacy carries on, because it sounds like he was, he was so young, he was 36. That's like an accomplished dude. Yeah. The tech men could never. (laughs) That was how old my mom was when she had me. Yeah, that's all my mom was doing when she was 36, giving birth. <laughs> God, mom, step it up. Um, so next was Donald Merrill, 48. He was an employee of Trust Company of the West, which also had offices there. He worked as an energy consultant. Um, I bet he had an interesting job at the time because, like, energy was changing, like, intro to solar, intro to, like, wind. Renewable energy. Yeah, exactly, like must have been kind of dynamic not just fossil fuels exactly the 90s were a great time (laughs) uh shirley moiser moser m-o-o-s-e-r uh 64 she was a secretary at trust company of the west deborah fogel 33 was a legal secretary for another law firm jody she was 30 she was a young mother david sutcliffe 30 was a law student from University of Colorado at Boulder, who was fucking interning for the summer. Oh, no. John Scully, 28. He was a lawyer at Pettit Martin who died, according to news reports, while protecting his wife from the gunman. Oh, sad. He was interested in labor law, and he got his degree from Gonzaga and then his law degree from USF. Yeah, go Don. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Um, injured in the attack were Vicki Smith, Sharon Jones, O'Rourke, Michelle Scully, Brian Berger, Deanna Eves, and Charles Ross. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, The shooting, along with some other high-profile incidents of violent crime that year, including the siege in Waco, led directly to Congress enacting the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994, which included an assault weapons ban that expired... In 2004 and was never brought back. We got to bring it back. (laughs) And we probably won't. Um, But yeah, it just, it had a sunset clause, which I guess is just an expiration date. Mm -hmm. And no one. Those things exist. Yeah. And no one wanted to 
bring it back. I guess that makes sense too, though, because like we were going off in Afghanistan and Iraq, like the war was like in full swing at that time. So, yeah, the thought of like banning weapons is definitely not on the forefront of anyone. Needed to be collected by the U.S. government (laughs) to use. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I can't picture this building. I saw a picture, but. It's still there, you know. Exactly where this is. You take the, if you take the cable car all the way down California Street where it ends, it's like right there. Really? Yeah. And the, they're redoing their outdoor, the plaza area. Oh, there's a plaza. Yes, there's a plaza. And then Pabu is right there. The restaurant, sushi restaurant. Oh. Michael Mina restaurant. Man, I've never been. There's so many restaurants I haven't been to. Oh, we gotta go. It's like my favorite restaurant. Really? Yeah. (gasps) Sushi. Okay. And then, um like izakaya so you can get like grilled meats okay. and things as well i'm still off sushi due to my food poisoning oh yeah um but i'll get back to it soon <laughs> so sorry about that yeah i know who could have thought foreign sushi when on an island yeah that's known for bad fish when you're surrounded by water yeah the irony uh, i know i, I so keep... like too much mercury in there or what i think they just don't have fish in their ocean or in the sea hmm, in the sea yeah i don't know what it is sean and i were talking about cyprus yesterday and if anyone has any experience or family or like any better insight, insight <laughs> to the world of cyprus we'd love to hear it because it felt it, there's definitely a brain drain going on like there were no young people in this country weird all like the young people get off the island Mm. they go get educated somewhere else Mm. the only young people were foreigners working in hotels interesting and russia and cyprus have huge um conflict no oh together yeah like every development (laughs) is a russian development allies yes and so there were a lot of young russian people at the hotels cool 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 yeah um, but no, it was just crazy looking at all the uh, new housing going up and stuff. And they're, you know, like luxury villas. I mean, they're not that luxury, but right. like marketed that way. Yeah. And based on marketing, ma- based on what else is around, they're pretty luxe. Um, they're all owned maybe. by they're all owned by Russian companies. So I'd like go to the website oh. and be like, oh, a Russian phone number Russian to call developers. Yeah. Which is they they do love that. You guys washing your money? I'm just kidding. For real. No, for real. Um, that's how they do it. And that's why, like, I don't know, you listen to stuff about Trump and the Russians and, like, all the Russian pro- – or the property in Florida that's purchased by Russians that Trump helped facilitate. It's, like, a whole – You follow the money there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Hmm. Um, but it's one of those things, too, that there's so much information that, like, I don't have the patience or – brain capacity to like look into it further and time yeah and time because <laughs> the research just, time there's too much there's too wow, much wow very interesting yeah um but yeah so that's kind of my that's my that's not kind of my story that is the story for today um i love that you know exactly what i was talking about mm-hmm. my I, mom my mom she yeah. worked downtown i think during this time oh i bet in san francisco so, so it's one of those like where oh were my you God, when where were you when and it's crazy that this happened because this doesn't happen here totally people don't do yeah. that it's so it's the it was the first not the first but the biggest mass shooting 
and it's like oh eight people uh, I mean that's a lot of people it is of course um, it was only surpassed in 2021 by shooting in San Jose oh yeah I remember that that was like the whole FedEx thing right or was that LA oh, I don't know I forget, I forget honestly too. I it think was I was just still in like, Tahoe so so many yeah. shootings that we're just like numb to it yeah it can't crazy. remember which one because there's so many yeah it's that's insane. not right and are we in a war no <laughs> i was watching uh like a ktvu or nbc article uh video of like news a news story in 2013 marking the 20 year anniversary because this july 1st will be the 30 year anniversary of the shooting oh Wow, I wonder if they'll have a little something down there. Well, I'm sure because in 2013, they did a what's changed and what hasn't. And it's like, oh, these poor people are going to be really disappointed that uh, the numbers have just gotten worse. Because this is like before, when was Columbine? That was like 98, wasn't it? We were young, yeah. I think it was the late 90s. Yeah. So this is before that even. And then that really kicked off... (laughs) fucking insanity do you know there was just a shooting at the university of oklahoma like last night oh i was on twitter of course that's where i saw it and it's like i saw someone's status that was just like 10 years ago i survived the sandy hook and now i'm in a lockdown at university of oklahoma like something needs to change yeah well that's like that woman at the shooting in tennessee um she's like aren't you guys tired of reporting on this like i was just in another shooting like a couple months ago and now, like, I'm working in my town to, like, try and change things. And, like, now I'm here and, like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what gives these people, I don't know. We need to go back to sword fighting. I agree. It's so much more personal. Yes, and, like, you, have you to can really learn think... skills. and Well, and you really have to think. Heavy. I think about, like, knives and things like that, too. That You have to get close to that person. You have to look them in the eye. You have to like commit a fucking crime where it's people personal. are so removed from like, oh, just whatever. <laughs> yeah. Shot a bullet. Meh. Right. Look at me 20 feet away right. like a coward. Right. Fucking stab me. Like <laughs> you're asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I'd much. <sighs> if someone had a gun to my face, I would definitely be thinking in the back of my head, you are a coward. Yeah. But at least they got that close to you. Yeah. <laughs> At least they looked you in the eye and were like, yes, I'm going to murder. Which, yeah, I don't know, stabbing's so much more personal. So much more, uh, so many more levels of betrayal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No more guns. Why do you need a gun? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I don't know. They just escalate things. Anyway, those are our thoughts on guns. (laughs) We don't. Have you ever shot a gun? Yeah, in Montana. Okay, yeah. I have not yet. Um, I want to. I want to know how that difference between the weights, yeah, like a pistol versus like an assault rifle right. versus like this. Yeah, yeah. I shot like a. I don't want to call it a handgun. I don't know what constitutes. So here, Is here's here's the thing. I have no fucking idea. Here's the thing that I think we lose people in the gun debate is that we don't know what the fuck a gun is like obviously we know what a gun is but like the difference between them 
Like anyone who knows about guns, like right? On we're the not other well side, versed, right? Anyone in who the knows gun. about guns is like, you don't even know what you're talking about. I can't take your opinion seriously because you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like automatic rifles don't exist. I learned that it's semi-automatic, semi-automatic that the debates are about because automatic rifles don't exist. Like they're not legal. Does the U.S. government have them? Probably. Or? They're like not. That's inhumane. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They're not like. Wait, what about the ones that are like, that's semi-automatic? See, I don't, I gotta educate myself. Exactly. So it's like, shit. I listen to gun podcasts on my way down to San Jose after this. For real, because, you know, you try to have a debate and you're talking about two different things and, you know, why would you listen to the opinion of someone who doesn't know what they're talking about? See, I am a pro. I'm going to listen to you so I can educate myself and I may disagree with you, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, you're wrong, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to let you have your platform and like, I'll listen to you. And if I disagree with you, I'm not going to like argue about it. That doesn't resolve anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. Totally. I think, yeah. I wish everyone could be like that. It's. Because then you can maybe listen and actually hear people out Mm -hmm. for a second. Right. And then response, not yeah. like just retaliate because you disagree and you think you know this. Right. Totally. I don't know. No, I think it's it's super true. And I'm happy to have had that exposure to guns mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I mean, we had gun lockers in my college dorms. Oh, damn. Like, when went, I moved into you, my dorm. Let the audience know where you went to school. Montana State. When I moved into the dorms, like, kids were bringing their hunting rifles in and That's checking them wild. in and like they'd leave. I'd be culture shock. It, it was, but I didn't, it was a culture shock, but I didn't dwell on it at all. It yeah. was just like, oh, this is Montana. Cool. Right, whatever. right. Like, this is a way of life here. Yeah. Just like I registered it. It's not weird. I didn't think about it once in my four and a half years there. Because you think everyone that owns a gun is responsible, mm-hmm. knows it, like they've gone through their training. Right. Well, and they're hunting guns. And they're, yeah, they're not. For killing people right for hunting animals which yeah well i mean cool. people people would like literally you know you check them out you're in the basement of the dorm you're, then you're walking through the dorm up to the first floor to get out so you're walking through the lobby of the dorms with your weapons that uh, but it's that's like, wild but it's like okay like look i can see you're in camo you're walking to your truck like you're going hunting this weekend cool yeah this is like something that you've been doing for 10 years Forever. with your family mm-hmm. like all right, do your thing. It really, it never bothered me, which surprised me. And it surprises me now that I didn't think twice about it. Yeah, that is pretty wild. I would have, it would have taken me some getting used to. Yeah. I think I was just in such a like adrenaline state of like, this is all very new. Everything's new. I'm 17 right now. I'm in Montana living on my own. Yep. Um, there are guns here. Okay, I don't have time to deal with that. Yeah, I need to go to school. <laughs> yeah, and um, my degree and work. Yeah, but I'm thankful. I am thankful for that because even though I still am definitely more left leaning, I'm. I am left leaning. <laughs> um, it was really great exposure to like just a completely different way of life and a different way of thinking. And I definitely learned a lot from that. And I'm thankful to have that experience because I do have friends that I completely like on so many political and like whatever levels disagree with. Mm -hmm. But I know they're not bad people. Right. And it's so hard to like, especially in our bubble here of like fucking bullshit progressive 
progressivism, which like isn't the answer, it turns out either. It's like, yeah, I'm almost at this point where I'm like the National Guard might actually need to just that's what walk Sean around said. a little and see what the hell is going on. We were reading um on a Reddit thread about the SF Fire Commissioner, the former commissioner who got beat in the head, mm-hmm. um, and one of the comments was like what if the National Guard came in and just fucking did this? And then on the flip side, broke-ass Stewart was like, okay, um, I'm worried that this is going to turn into more of a police state now. Like a stop and frisk kind of like Honestly, police state thing. Anyone can do whatever they want in San Francisco right now. It's crazy. I know. Like You could literally shit on the street in front of a cop and not get in trouble. And clearly stab someone and get yeah. away with it. Or yeah. uh, hit Stanley Roberts in the fucking head and send him to the hospital and get away with it. Yeah. Or... It's crazy. What the yeah. hell? I know. <laughs> it's not like my parents. I know. It's really. But like, and it's, I'm a hippie. <laughs> totally. I'm weed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. It's. They pushed us so far left that it's forced normal people to become like conservatives and align more with like a socially conservative way of thinking, which is like never what i thought i'd be about but this mm-hmm. is fucking mm-hmm. unacceptable mm-hmm. like we see our tax dollar i pay so much we all pay so much in taxes locally and we've got a crazy deficit in the city we've got money going to this fucking reparations board not even to give reparations it's a committee 50 million tax dollars going to form a committee who will then use millions of dollars to do an excel spreadsheet of residents in san francisco who are black make it make sense it doesn't make sense it's a fucking excel spreadsheet why do you need a 50 million dollar committee it's insane it's insane maybe we should run for like office or something to make a difference yeah as long as they uh delete my facebook yeah. i need to talk to zuckerberg i need to talk to someone at meta of like seriously removing my facebook <sighs> what a mess it really is and like i see all the articles of like downtown's dead it's oh like, it's dead i i visit dispensaries in on mission and market and in soma and there is no there are no people walking in the streets it's there's no one enjoying their lunch anymore yeah um everyone's just stuck in their little cube in their little home working on their little desk go outside go outside take back your city don't let the fenty dealers take over this city for real for real we need a some kind of i don't know vigilante where's i'm surprised a vigilante hasn't like some kind of vigilante person hasn't come out of the wardrobes but like what does vigilante justice look like stabbing drug dealers like i don't know if that's what we need either because that's how we get more death i don't know what a mess let us know if you know yeah if you have all the answers uh our dms are open they're open um shannon drop your uh drop your handle it's at underscore underscore shannabis figure out how to spell it (laughs) like cannabis but shannabis okay (laughs) love it um and you know my handle 
it's at Sorted SF. I'm working on getting the website. I just have to convince the people who currently own it to sell it to me. Sell it, baby. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Shannon, thank you for being here. This has been fun, as always. Um, Thanks and, for including and, yeah. me. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.